1: Welcome to another episode of All Things Policy. I'm Harshit Kukreja. I'm a physician and I work as a research analyst in the Health and Life Sciences segment at Takshishila. Today, once again, I have my podcast buddy, Mehek Nankani with me. She works as an assistant program manager in policy school at Takshishila. So, Mehek, how are you? I heard you were a little under the weather.
0: Uh, hi Harshit, I am good. Yes, I'm a little feverish but things you make me do, record a
1: podcast,
0: that's what you like.
1: So why don't you like uh, take Patanjali's medicine? You are in Haridwar, right?
0: Yeah, yeah I am. Go to Baba Dwar-
1: Ramdev and take his whatever panacea he provides for, cold, flu, I- whatever.
0: I think I live in too much proximity with him to realize what works and what does not work. And I think towards the end of the podcast, a lot of people will also realize
1: that. Hopefully, hopefully. That's my plan. Oh, before I forget. So guys, uh, I just wanted to let you know that the applications for the graduate certificate program at Taksita have started. It's a wonderful 12-week program which equips you to make a sense of the policy world. Go to our website and do check it out.
0: Yeah, let me plug in the courses since I manage policy school and I'm basically employed at policy school. Guys, do check out the programs. We have applications open for technology and policy, advanced public policy and defense and foreign affairs. And one thing that I'm going to promise you that 12 weeks will be full of learning and fun. So please go check out school.dakshishila.org.in.
1: Hashtag brand integration.
0: Hashtag promotion. That's what I've been taught.
1: So, uh... Do you remember our conversation which started when Patanjali released Coronel? Yeah. Do you, do you remember that press conference in which there was Baba Ramdev? There was a huge banner which said that Coronel has been approved by WHO. WHO. Yeah. And there was Dr. Harshwarjan, our Minister for Health and Family Welfare. There was also Unit Nitin Gadkari.
0: Yeah, there was also Nitin Gadkari, Ghat- like Katkari the event. And then there was this huge publicization of the event a lot of news channels were covering it and then there was like WHO had approved it then there was DCGI approving it and that of course came as a shock to me but like a happy moment for a lot of other people so I remember that event.
1: WHO did not approve that coronal medicine correct yeah if you can call it a medicine yeah please continue
0: no, no, I was saying it's it's so easy these days to just make these false claims and then you for a for a common man to understand how WHO uh, approves or disapproves a new product in the market is difficult and it's very difficult for them to understand and for people like Baba dev uh, and when the government, the union government and other ministers come in support of it, uh, then it of course spreads misinformation but... Uh, I remember when Coronel had launched and I was in my hometown itself. It was during the first wave of, somewhere during the first wave of COVID. And even like my family members had uh, somehow asked me to probably take it every day. And then I realized what kind of misinformation spreads when a person with this much popularity comes and says that this will probably heal and uh,
1: with dubious claims to make. I think I'll have to correct you there, Meg. I think Coronel was released. After the first wave? Sometime between... Uh, yeah, that's what I'm
0: confused. Like Sometime post-July. I remember it was in 2020, but probably sometime after uh, the first wave.
1: Yeah, I think it was after the first wave. After the cases have, had declined a lot. Yeah. yeah. So the interesting thing was, if you have to approve a drug which comes under Ayush in India, so you don't have to go through all the clinical trials and everything that a normal modern medicine drugs goes through for instance neem is said that neem can cure your fever and it is written in the text in the ayurvedic text which are thousands of years old so if there if it is written that neem can cure your fever the government says that there is no need for you to get any kind of approval so it says the logic is because it has been used for so long, it is safe. That seems like a dumb logic to me. Yeah, so uh, I was talking about Coronel, right? So Coronel was approved by basically nobody. I think it got some kind of a certificate of pharmaceutical product from the I U section. Yeah, I think, I
0: think the... Uh, we need to take a step back and realize the claims they were coming from I remember that um, person had made that it was based on a scientific paper and then there were claims and if you realize that scientific paper was co-authored by Balakrishnan who is himself a huge part of Patanjali and even in the trials that uh, were done uh, before approving coronel were actually very problematic so if you see then other drugs which were approved in US earlier in the earlier phase of COVID but uh, on approximately more than 1000 people but if you see coronil no no
1: so it was... Mech, the drugs which we usually use they are done on thousands of people for instance there's a steroid called dexamethasone which we have used in uh-huh. covid so the recovery trial which was sort of conducted by international agencies it was conducted in uk it was done on more than 6500 people and dexamethasone has earlier been proved to be a safe drug and is used in inflammatory conditions the trials for coronary were done on i think 100 something people yeah exactly exactly
0: 100 people and that to asymptomatic people uh yeah, that's what the, one of the problem yeah the, yeah asymptomatic and if you also see the clinical trials have to be done on various sections on probably people belonging to different gender, ethnicities, and so that we realize how a particular drug is reacting in different bodies. But if you see Coronel was just probably, out of the 100 people that were made to undergo through the trials for Coronel, out of them just 18 were women. That was one of the first uh, problematic news that came alongside Coronel, but I think Ayush also tried to underline
1: it. everybody was asymptomatic. The inclusion criteria was asymptomatic people, asymptomatic people and people who have mild COVID symptoms get better on their own. There was Correct. no need for a cure.
0: Correct. And apart from all of these uh, things, when coronal trials were done, if you see that, if we know that people of higher age are probably more vulnerable to the virus, but if you see the coronal trials were done on uh, like an average age for people who undergo who underwent the trials were 35 to 40 and there were hardly not even like 3% people who were above the age of 55 so that's another thing which shows that is coronal really effective and that's what my problem with all of these medicines with limited clinical trials with limited research studies but they are heavily marketed and more than marketed i think they are promoted by the union government the ministry of ayush and even health ministries and if you see Every time there is a new report which comes in which says that probably coronal is not as effective or it's creating problems, then these ministries are the first one to jump in uh, to rectify and say, no, everything is okay with these
1: medicines. So, so that's my problem. Yeah. So as we were talking about Ayush ministry, so do you know that people were drinking a lot of Giloy Kada? Yeah. That is a Giloy, yeah. I think it's boiled in water, added something, something is added. So. As people were taking a lot of Giloy, so what happened was there were some studies which pointed out that as the intake of Giloy increased, some of the people were getting liver toxicity
0: th- and like yeah, blood yeah, injury, yeah, liver injury. Yeah, I remember like there was some time in uh, July last year when there there was this study which was published in Journal of Clinical and Experimental Hepatology which said that all of these people who had consumed giloy had developed this drug-induced liver injury and the reaction by Ministry of Ayush to it was funny yet very problematic. Yeah, go ahead, Rosh, were we'll saying
1: something. Sir, sir, sir uh, there was a doctor. I think he was Cochin-based. So, he is super specialist in hepatology. So, he did a, some kind of a talk show or a YouTube show for some local channel so he said that Giloy is causing a liver damage. So what the Ayush ministry did was, they uh, said that the statements are derogatory and misleading and should be removed. Yeah. But they were based on sound scientific data. The Ayush ministry did not present counter facts or counter studies. They said that Giloy is called Tinospora cordifolia. That is the scientific name for Giloy. They said that it is mistaken for another similar species. Yeah, which, can, ha. which can be poisoned. Which, yeah, which can lead to liver damage. Uh, no liver damage is because of Giloy. And they sent a notice to this doctor and said that you are degrading the Ayush system. And they said something about misinformation or something, which is the irony. The Ayush ministry is spreading misinformation. Correct. That instead of yeah,
0: yeah, sorry to cut you off in between Harshit. but apart from uh, the Ministry of Ayush, the the, the journals editor uh, also received these numerous uh, quote unquote threat letters from uh, sure. a lot of Ayurveda medical colleges across the country, and even these uh, no, I think companies. They
1: were Ayurveda, not colleges. They were practitioners.
0: No, I had read these uh, articles about medical colleges also sending letters and apart from these people who were practicing in medical colleges, they were also there, uh, of course, manufacturing uh, industries which produce Ayurvedic drugs, sending these letters to journal editors telling that uh, their research was incomplete or claims that they were making were false and it wasn't that the Ayush ministry stopped there. If you... If you see uh, the recent social media tweets uh, from the Ministry of Ayush, I think last month, somewhere mid-February, uh, they, had the, they had made this huge claim that how Giloy had acted as an immunity booster and helped a lot of Indians to fight the coronavirus, which is the problem. There are research studies being done which uh, say that Giloy has probably caused drug-induced liver injuries. Uh, but there is still this Ministry of Ayush, which is claiming the opposite. And not only not only these research studies. I remember, I remember learning about this case, which had happened somewhere last year. Uh, there was this person from, I think, Lucknow, who had consumed a lot of Giloy during the pandemic, and which which actually led to him having joined this. And then he was apparently admitted um, in one of the. Biggest, I think it was King George Medical College in Lucknow, and soon after uh, he died there. So the doctors told uh, the family members that the person had died due to the excessive consumption of Giloy. But cases like these probably never make it to uh, headlines. Probably never come into the, never make it to the news, and because then there are these government claims which probably underline news like this, and. Uh, I think, Harshit, I would want to, also want to bring another point that as I was reading about
1: Giloy uh, some time back, these Ayurvedic doctors... Achha, Mac, Mac, Mac. Uh, like, I, I'll just want to add one thing. Yeah. So, I think that is the problem with uh, India's approach to traditional medicine, right? So, instead of what we did, what we do in modern medicine is, for instance, Remdesivir. Do you remember Remdesivir? Yeah, the first wave, program second program. wave. Yeah. 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 So... It was given limited approval and now we know that it does not have such a huge effect and we should not use it as uh, widely as we were using. So, we did a course correction. So, instead of that is the approach we take in modern medicine, which is based on facts and research. Correct. What the approach we take in traditional medicine is just opposite that. So, we know that this causes uh, liver damage. And uh, these are the studies. We say that no, 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 no. So Giloy is very safe. You are wrong. This is very derogatory. We'll file a case against you. We'll send you notices. So that is pretty, yeah, for lack of a better word, dumb and counterproductive. Instead of the Ayush ministry giving out uh, information that to practitioners and to general people that do not use Giloy in so-so quantities, do not use giloy, maybe, I don't know, uh, like, do not drink more than five glasses of giloy, I think five glasses would be to exercise, or like, whatever the quantity is, do not, instead of prescribing a safe limit, instead of uh, letting people know that it can be dangerous, they are just trying to cover it up, I have no idea why they do it, Correct. but that is I think the main wrong in our approach
0: to traditional mm-hmm. medicine. Also, like I was reading these one of these responses from one of the Ayurvedic doctors who were who were supporting that Giloy acts as an immunity booster. Who said that even the excess of uh, paracetamol will cause death, and then you, you then you don't realize how to answer these questions. You don't have answers to
1: these questions. So I, since, I, I know, I know. I
0: yeah, can. yeah. Sure. So, yeah, since you're a physician, I
1: think that's why I wanted to ask you that. So we have safe doses for paracetamol. That is, we prescribe, I think, I know we prescribe somewhere around 3000 to 4000 mg per day. That is around 500 milligrams, eight tablets. And the toxicity starts at somewhere around seven and a half, eight grams. So we have a window in which there's a window between the safe and the toxic dose. And people know what the safe dose is because we have done the research. We have done course correction. We know what the safe doses. We know what the adverse effects are. We know the contraindications. We know the inv- indications. In coronal, when they approved coronal, there were no contraindications. The paper does not mention contraindications. How is that possible? If you are prescribing a drug, there has to be some contraindications that do not take this drug in this, this condition. Do not take this drug in hypertension. Do not take this drug if you are pregnant. So this claim does not make sense. Yeah, so we'll take a quick break and we'll be back after the break and continue our discussion. Welcome, listeners, back to our episode. So, Mehek, before the ad, you were saying something, before the break.
0: Yeah, I think um, I would want to, like, take this... uh... Discussion towards uh, discussing Ayush more in detail, the Ministry of Ayush. We know that the, from that of the pandemic uh, in 2020, the Ministry of Ayush has approved a lot of Ayurvedic remedies either as probably antiviral cures or probably just as immunity boosters and because it was the ministry claiming all of these things, a lot of people have accepted it. And uh, as you told before that these drugs uh, do not really require prescription and can also be given with allopathic treatments. For example, when I was tested positive for COVID last year, I was having both allopath. I was having the allopathic medicines but uh, the doctor himself had asked me to have these uh, immunity
1: boosters. Did you get your liver checked, liver
0: enzymes? I think that's a discussion for uh, some time or later. But yeah, so my uh, my point is that uh, in recent times that Ayurveda has tried to claim this parity with modern science and probably while fending off the scientific scrutiny. And for last couple of decades, there have been finding these alternative ways of knowledge that can put modern science in backstep. And there's this zeal to challenge the modern science, the allopathic medicines. And so what according to me has happened is that uh, people who are in traditional medicine, and I would want to make one point very clear, at this point in time, I'm not against the ministry of Ayush, and I'm not against either Ayurveda or Yunani or Siddha or Homeopathy. So... so,
1: so so you are with wasting money and misinformation and making people sick?
0: No, not I think, no, 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 I don't think so. But I That is not a good thing. No, let me complete. I don't think so. I'm against it because, for example, um, uh, heing or some other things which probably my parents have given me have worked for me. And that's why I am not personally against the idea of using it probably once in a blue moon because it has worked for me. But I would also want to make so, it very clear. that so you know me. what? What? Good, ahead, go
1: ahead. Please yeah, so, so, you know, so you know what works when you're hungry? Food. You know what works when you're thirsty? Water. So obviously, if you have a little abdominal pain, if you have a little tummy ache, you should not eat a lot of spicy and oily food. That is obvious. And if you're talking about hing, I don't think we have any scientifically bad studies with say Hing works for this or Hing works for that. Correct, like, that's
0: what I'm maybe saying. Maybe it works as a Exactly, that's wait, wait. Hold in hold some, on, That's huh. what my point is. I know it has not been scientifically proved and that's why I'm against promoting it or marketing it for the larger public. I am just saying as an antidotal evidence, it has worked for me and I'm against the idea of promoting it without or selling it for general consumption without uh, back without being backed up by evidence so, or claims.
1: So you want to ban Hing?
0: No, no, I don't want to. I'm I'm saying I want to use it. Let me use it. I'm not saying you should use it or anybody else should use it. What I wanted to say is that do you think that recently uh, uh, Ayurveda or probably Yunani uh, in the zeal to challenge modern medicine has probably turned a very extreme blind eye to testability or to probably reliability and validity because they just want to run this competitive race and they want to come up in the market. And that's why they have just probably ignored all of these important facts uh, and have made these truthful claims of being an alternative science.
1: False claims of being a science, yeah. Yeah. So I'll I'll tell you you two approaches. One was there was a drug released, I think, five, six years ago, 2015-16, by the government. It was BGR-34. It was said to be a drug for management of type 2 diabetes mellitus. No studies were given out. No scientific data was released. No paper was released. No good, I think there was no good data out there. And they were claiming that if you are dependent on medicines, you take BGR 34. Then slowly, slowly your dependence on modern tested clinically trialed medicines will reduce. And you can only take BGR 34. So there were no claims. There were no data to back these claims. There were no safety studies, nothing. And uh, you contrast this with a, this a stable drug for malaria called as artemisin. So uh, I'll tell you the story of artemisin. It was I think it it took two three decades. Uh, what the Chinese did, they uh, this is derived from the Chinese traditional medicine. Ah, and the person won a Nobel Prize in 2015 16 sometime, and at the same time. When the person uh, took like the compounds from traditional medicine and studied them, did research, did studies, and got a new drug, Artemisin, out of that, and he and she won a Nobel Prize for that. And what we were doing, we were giving out a drug called BGR thirty four, very weird name, man, BGR thirty four, and uh, that drug was based on no scientific evidence. So you can see the contrast in approaches. One approach is China's, and one approach is ours. And they are using their traditional medicine to their advantage, getting new compounds. Obviously, some compounds will be working in some way in some traditional medicine, some herbs or something. But you will have to extract them. You will have to do, you have to study them. You will have to see how they work. You will have to see how they don't work. That is how. The scientific process goes right. I think post in the last decade, when the Department of IUS started being a ministry and funding, I think funding also increased, right, Mac? Yeah, massively, massively. It was just a department then. It was completely
0: converted into a ministry when the current regime came into power in two thousand and fourteen, and then the rest is history.
1: Instead of putting that money uh, into like research and validating the drugs, they they do promotions. They give out drugs which are not based on scientific evidence, which are not tested. You know that some active ingredient from tulsi and haldi were patented by people in US. In I think this was nineteen ninety sometime, and uh, India had to go to court and fight them out. So a lot of traditional Indian herbs and traditional Indian medicines uh, what people do what people were doing i think and uh, it is still going on not as widespread but it, it is still going on what people in the western countries or what people in other countries were doing they were taking these indian traditional medicines or traditional medicines as such i'm talking about indian traditional medicines here and uh, they were doing studies on them on them and then patenting them they did a patent on tulsi can you believe that? So that is where our focus should be. We should be seeing where our existing drugs work, what works, what doesn't. And do you know the drug aspirin? Yeah. Which I'm is aware used of it, by yeah. heart patients. Correct. Yeah, It has widespread indications and it is used for a lot of diseases. So uh, it was derived from the bark of a willow tree, a pro drug. A precursor to this was derived from the willow tree and it was used by ancient Greek and Romans. But the compound which was derived directly from the willow tree was very irritating to the stomach. So sometime in late uh, 19th century, a person named Felix Hoffman, he synthesized aspirin from that compound and we got a new a bunch of compounds which are uh, widespread uses. So this is how you utilize, we should utilize our traditional knowledge, improve upon it, see what works, see what doesn't. And uh, this is where uh, our government, this is where our society should put their money on.
0: Yeah, correct. And also like, I would want to change the direction about uh, the society and where we are heading towards. I want to talk about how uh, this turn of massive promotion of traditional medicine and we all are aware that Ayurveda or yoga have been um, symbols of Hindu sciences and have been viewed like that and there has been a worldview like that and um, when of course the current regime came into power in 2014 we did speak about how the department was converted into a full-fledged ministry the Funding for uh, Ayush suddenly went drastically up. There were a lot of new teaching and research institutions which were created. And of course, then we also now have a national Ayurveda day. So do you think that in some way, and I can be completely wrong on this, they're they promoting uh, Indian culture or Hindu culture as a universal uh, knowledge by clothing it around science? So uh, I
1: think you are a little... Of Ayush means Ayurveda, Yoga, Naturopathy, Unani, Siddhi. So, uh, what I think is they are trying to promote a traditional, nationalistic image of India, of a Bharat, of a country which was very great five thousand years ago, and uh, does not require Western influence and Western science. Yeah, I think there's a uh, Direction that we have picked, and there's a this is the direction we are going into. Yeah, I think that is the case, correct? Yeah, instead of doing this, and uh, if you really want to promote traditional knowledge, you should go the Chinese way, you should validate our traditional drugs and traditional therapies by studying them, by putting money on their research, and please not letting people in other countries patent. Tulsi and Haldi. Yeah. Turmeric. Correct.
0: And like as we move towards the end of the podcast, as we are recording this, um, I think yesterday on the 9th of March, the Prime Minister Modi in the Union Cabinet approved this establishment of WHO Global Centre for Traditional Medicine, which is to be set up in Jamnagar in Gujarat. And of course, the agreement has been signed between the government of India and the body. And um, so this... Is intended to help position Ayush systems across the globe and probably also ensure quality, safety, and accessibility, and of course, efficiency and efficacy. Do you think this can be a good landmark to promote research in the areas of Ayurveda, Yunani, Siddha, and homeopathy?
1: If WHO has a lot of say or a lot of influence in this joint venture, I think this would be a good step in going into the right direction i think whatever research or whatever guidelines come out of this center would be rational and based on sound science i at least i hope so i want so yeah because uh, a lot of physical a lot of we have gone through a lot of chemical compounds and uh, i think there is a uh, better possibility of getting a, a getting newer derivatives from traditional medicines from traditional compounds to solve our everyday diseases correct yeah i think
0: so and do you think extensive and we should research, go the china way yeah and do you think extensive research
1: is probably the way out and the way forward yeah extensive research and admitting when you are wrong not you are wrong when the when your evidence comes out so interestingly sorry uh, just the last point I wanted to make, yeah, yeah. in 1930s, 1940s, doctors in the United States promoted cigarettes, promoted smoking. They were huge ads with physicians wearing white coats and having stethoscopes, which said that uh, having a cigarette clears your lungs, reduces coughing. So, although there was some evidence which related smoking to diseases, but uh, a lot of the scientific body was not convinced because there was not a lot of evidence which said that smoking caused diseases, and there was a lot of lobbying from the tobacco industry, from the smoking industry. So, but we then we learned, and now I don't think you will find a doctor who will say that smoking was good for you.
0: Yeah. If he
1: says smoking was is good for you, I think he's an idiot, and you should stop stop seeing him. So, Mehak, uh, will you be now be going to Baba Ramdev? I've never been to Patanjali. Baba Ramdev,
0: although he's been, he once visited my school and that was the most bizarre day at my school. It was funny, although. Uh, but yeah, I've never... I I live so close, like... Uh, I've never visited the Patanjali Beat. I have never been inside. So, yeah, that's strange, although uh, I would want to someday see the bizarre thing happening.
1: I've also never been inside the factory as such, but I, uh, I was, uh, I think somewhere around campus or something, the campus is huge, man. It is
0: extremely <laughs> huge. Earning... Yeah, if you see the uh, institutions uh, here and there, like earlier it was just started with the Patanjali Yogpit, I remember, at least a decade or more than that.
1: There's a Patanjali University. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. A Patanjali University also. Yeah,
0: and like there are no, now everything. And uh, you know then, the, like a couple of years ago, there was this... Uh, Extensive flow of Patanjali products in the market. There was Patanjali Maggie, <laughs> there was Patanjali hair oil, Patanjali yeah, yeah. shampoo, Patanjali jeans. Yeah, exactly. So imagine, imagine the amount of products that we have here in the market, and there are shops everywhere. So yeah, it, it's very commercialized. Of course, that's always one of the things. But I also see a lot of people who have who have problems do
1: visiting the peat uh, very often. So, so I think if we had put money in, uh, maybe a franchisee of Patanjali, I don't, I don't think I could have afforded one. But still, I would have been pretty rich. Very rich. It would have gone against my ethics, whatever ethics I have. Yeah. But I would be like super rich. Yeah, that's. I think I would have been a little ethically ambiguous sitting in my Ferrari, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. With bodyguards all around. I don't know about bodyguards. Uh, Mehak, any comments on how we lost a lot of money and what we can do to make, a, make it up? I just hope my parents don't listen to this podcast.
0: That's one thing I want. <laughs> but yeah, I'm still in the process of making them believe that uh, this is probably not the best alternative to medicines. But yeah, hopefully in the future yeah,
1: we'll be. When you have the uh, Minister for Health union minister for health Promoting it, yeah. and the government of india are backing medicines i don't think they would be Correct. very likely to believe you yeah. when you say no 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 it doesn't work in yeah,
0: i think also like there are these major publication headlines like 10 10 reasons why women should consume this i uh, probably ashwagandha or something and then there are these claims and everybody's like my parents will have the simple answer read it. it's on google it says it. It's there. And then how do I say okay it's wrong? Or probably it's just not backed by scientific evidence. So I'm I still in the process of making them believe that, but hopefully
1: in the near future I'll be able to. Yeah, baby steps, yeah. baby steps. Correct. So thank you, Mek. Thanks, thanks, For, for being such a good guest. Yeah. And this was scary guest, I think. More than a good guest. Yeah. And uh I hope you get better and we record another podcast Sunday next week. Sure. Sir. Next week. Sure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you for bearing with us. And do tell us if you have some comments or you have some insight that we would love to listen from you. at takshashila, I-N-S-T or our website takshashila.org.in